Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Karen. Happy Saturday. How are you? Back at you. Um, I am full of prunes, which I think says enough. <laughs> if you're full of prunes, then I know exactly where you've been lately. Mm-hmm. And where I'll be for the rest of the day. <laughs> and I have a good idea what you smell like. Oh, geez, thanks. Yeah. It's a struggle. But you know what? The prunes make it less of a struggle, and I'm grateful. <laughs> right. That's how my Saturday's going. Okay. Um, I have a, um, a really interesting show today. Good. Okay. And we need the name of a woman. A woman. I'm going to choose a Korean name. Okay. And it is Gayun. Okay. So Gayun starts her session off, Kelly, by saying to me, I would like a session based on discovery. Let's just call it a discovery session. Hmm. And I said to her, okay, so you are a listener. She's, and I said, because mm. the average client calls and says, I want medium. I want a reading. Yeah. yeah. Or I heard about you from a friend and I know that you do medical intuitive. Could you tell me what's going on with my dog? Like there's purpose to most of them. And she goes, yeah. She says, I do listen. And she says, and I love your shows on what I've been calling discovery shows. Well, hey, girl. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And she says, um, and I'm referring to discovery, meaning that you guys call them an open session where the client 
really is just wanting to connect to the spirit world because we are truly interested in hearing what they have to say about our human experience. Mm -hmm. So she says, that's really what I'm looking for. So I'm just referring to your shows that are like that now when you open it up and say it's a soul contract. She goes, yay, discovery show. Oh, so it's her label yeah, for what we're discussing. That's really cool. Yeah, because she says the way that I see it is that people are coming to you because you have this connection to the spirit world that we we don't feel we have. Mm-hmm. Or have yet to discover. Yes. and th- Yes. And she says, but what I'm learning is that because you guys are talking to the spirit world and going open gives such random information... It's that the spirit guides think that that is pertinent to what we need to know now. Mm -hmm. So she says, that's what I'm doing. I'm calling it discovery and go. And I booked an hour with you. So you have the whole hour for discovery. So I thanked her because that's a, as you know, that's a beautiful session. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing intention. And immediately her spirit guides came in and said, look, she is dead serious. This woman is on a mission in this lifetime to grow not only her IQ, which she sure is growing. She takes course after course. She loves things in different areas, and she considers IQ to also be expanding on her crafts, hmm. on sewing, on like anything where her brain is working, she considers IQ. Yeah. How, how not? Well, I think some people don't. I well, think some people yeah. think that if someone, you know, doesn't have a job outside of the home and is doing just a lot of things in the home or that they're in, you know, sewing or uh, I'll just say painting or any of those types of things, drawing, some people think that they're not actually smart people. Good Lord. Maybe take a course or a little practice here on empathy then. Yeah. So the guide said that she grows her IQ all the time. She's always learning something new and she absolutely loves that. Um, she's always about learning to grow her emotional intelligence, her EQ. And they said that she's also very much about growing her SQ, if you want to call that her spiritual intelligence, in terms that she likes to be a seeker of the truth. She likes to try maybe meditation and then maybe journeying. And she's like always trying to find different things. Maybe she'll go and try and learn a course on how do I build my intuitive skills. She tries different things to connect to the spirit world. Mm, Okay, wait, hang on a sec. Because to me, it's like same, same. You're you're saying Mm. EQ and SQ. And I just like the visual in my head just mashes them together between my two hands and says is the same thing. Because you're talking about her defining it in terms of seeking the truth. And I think emotional intelligence is the truth, yeah. right? That is empathy. That is connection. That is what we're here to experience as human beings. Mm-hmm. What truth exists outside of that? Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're talking about connecting to a higher power, that's still a part of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. Because it's the inward. It's the going inward reflection. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I can... Totally accept everything that you're saying. So then the guide said, this is exactly how she chooses to live her life. She wants to be fully aware and she wants to be fully engaged. She's looking to connect to people. She's looking to connect to nature, to animals, to everything. I like her. Yeah, me too. 
So I asked her if that was correct. And she smiled. She goes, absolutely. And I said, okay. She says, you just keep going. She says, am I supposed to just jump in once in a while? She says, I think I'm supposed to, to give you your validations, but not to give you too much information. She says, I know you like a little bit, um, but you want to hear it from the guides and then repeat it to me. And if you're wrong, I will tell you when you're wrong. Girl did her homework. Oh yeah, she has. She sure as shit did her homework. So then the guides come in and say, okay, we're going to back it up. We want to go back to a period of time that is quite far away. It's many, many years away now in her life where she wasn't quite this way, when she was full of judgment of other people and where she was um, full of shame. And I thought, oh, okay, what do you mean? Like, can you give me something more specific? Because if I just offer her that... Will she know what I'm talking about? And they said, oh, absolutely she will, but we will still give you information. So I said, what does she need to have addressed? And they said, well, she wants you to go back to the time when she had been married and the family that she was married into, her all of her in-laws, um, had sisters and brothers-in-law in the family and both of her uh, father and mother-in-law. And when she was married at that time, it, this entire family system was what we would call unhealthy patriarchal. Mm. And I thought, that's a really good term. I liked how they distinguished that patriarchal could be healthy or unhealthy. Mm. Well, the same way you could distinguish the monarch-ruled family. Yeah. And they said, well, this entire family was was patriarchal, but it was unhealthy. And um, which, what, what occurred in that family unit was that the men bullied the women. And the men bullied each other as well. But it was to have dominance over the women. And she felt... Um, how do I say that, Kelly? She felt sick to her stomach over it, but in particular when she saw her sisters-in-law being abused by the men mm -hmm. and she didn't stand up for them. Mm -hmm. When she saw her nieces being abused and she didn't stand up for them. When she saw her mother-in-law being abused by her sons and by her husband, and again, she didn't stand up to any of the men. And she also felt shame when she saw her other sisters-in-law or mother-in-law, all these other adult women, not stand up for each other, but have to kind of still sit together, eat together. Deny together. Yes. Go into the denial of how you were just spoken to, or how you were just ignored, or how you were ridiculed, or made fun of, or whatever it was that they all chose to do. And the men participated in it, or they would choose not to participate, but they did not say anything either. Which is participation. You got it. Thank you. So they are all participating in passive or actively, actively colluding Thank the reality. Yeah. My word was skipping my brain there. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, or covertly and overtly, mm -hmm. right? So she sits in all of this shame. And the, and the guide said, now tell her all of that. So I did. 
And she said, this is all true. She says, so just go on. I'm just going to listen because obviously there's some purpose as to why they're telling me this. But that's all true, Karen. And the guide said, well, she she didn't feel that she could do anything. And the shame was there where she feels paralyzed to do anything because she knows if she does anything, she's going to be the, the target of it, right? Mm. And I said, okay, and what about that? Oh, well, that's how she was raised in her own family. So the in-law family is hitting the very same shame triggers that were instilled in her, in her original family, her biological family. So reinforcing the same message. Yes. With the same women, the way, same way the women are treated. She has a patriarchal, unhealthy patriarchal family herself, biologically, and then marries into one. So as she's at these family events with her husband and their children, or her own family, she's feeling shame in absolutely every area of her life. And so the guide said, we want her to understand that we saw this. We want to say that we knew that she felt sick to her stomach. We want her to know that it was her fear it was her own training that created the emotional and the physical paralysis of not knowing what to do or how to do it. Even though sometimes you might sit down and watch TV and see somebody else leaving, like, you know, you watch the show, but that she didn't really think that that could apply to her. Mm-hmm. And the reason she never thought it could apply to her was because of the shame. So as a result, Kelly, she feels very much that she is not a strong woman. She feels very much that she's not being a good role model for her own children, including her nieces and nephews. The guides are affirming that this is how she has felt about herself? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the guide said that that led right into the area of work where she never felt that she could change her career, that she could go back to school to learn anything. She felt stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she just doesn't have any self, self-esteem. self She doesn't have any self-confidence. But she can't figure out at that time why she doesn't have the self-esteem or confidence. She doesn't put it together with shame. Mm, let's break it down for people then. Because if people are going, well, I'm, I'm paralyzed and I've heard of shame before. What is this all about? You're talking about her being shamed from a really young age. So this isn't just being introduced in her adult years. She has had learned helplessness from a very young age. Shame makes us feel helpless, right? So if if we are being taught, quote unquote, by parents through shame statements or shame situations, we're being caused to feel or, or made to feel humiliated, which we feel helpless about. We're being made to feel dumb, which we feel helpless about. We can't change our situation. And so we're constantly in a default mode of protection, How can you grow in any kind of intelligence if what you are trying to do is avoid people seeing you as helpless or humiliated? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to spend all of your energy in survival mode. Yes. Yeah, and, and no one can grow from those places when shame is the main focus of your life. Yeah. You're you're spending all of your energy, if we want to just word it a little bit differently, you're spending all of your energy all day, every day, and probably when you're freaking sleeping. Mm -hmm. In survival mode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the guide said to say all of that to her, and I did. And she 
I don't even know how to describe Kelly for people listening, the relief that you see the client have Mm -hmm. when the spirit world says, I see your life. Mm Mm-hmm. When the spirit world describes things to you that you don't really think anybody truly knows about you. Can I, can I go for a second? Yeah. It's really neat. And this is where we keep saying how much privilege we have as individuals, because typically let's take a therapist, for example, when, or if, pardon me, someone reveals to that therapist what they have been through. So Gayun, for example, the witness, the human witness can actually add to our humiliation. Mm. Yeah, it can do other things too. But I do want to say that one of the first responses, if your whole life is built on shame, is that you feel immediate shame that one more person knows your story. Mm-hmm. One of the most remarkable things that I have seen, witnessed, felt, however you want to word this, is that because we are channeling And we are saying your spirit guides and your own soul are witnessing your life. It's not shame that Mm -hmm. they end up displaying or feeling. It's this feeling of, holy shit, I haven't been alone this whole time. Because shame isolates us, right? It sets us apart from the crowd. It makes us feel like we are all by ourselves. And these beautiful, all-loving beings are saying, I've been here with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. You are loved in spite of, also because of, of your entire existence and experiences put together. And I'm not finished. Hang on. This is one of the best parts, and this is the privilege, is we are a human sitting in front of them, witnessing that moment between them and the spirit world. And because of that relationship that we facilitate as channelers, they don't see us humans as threats. They don't look at us with shame. They look at us like, holy fuck, I actually could be loved. And I I just don't know a better privilege than that in this entire life. Agreed. Yeah. And it is just never, ever lost on us. Yes. And it's a moment in a session over the phone, if it's over the phone, where we can sit in silence with them where we don't have to rush through the silence. And if we are fortunate and we have technology over Zoom or, you know, whatever it is, where we get to see each other, then you see in their face that how they're looking at us mm-hmm. with, with a deep inner knowing that they are in that moment being fully human. Yep. Minus as we said, minus shame. Mm -hmm. And I know for her in that moment, it was one of her only, or one of her first moments of being with another human being where she doesn't feel shame. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it's a moment of privilege. Yeah. And it's such, it's privilege because, well, for so many reasons, I, I don't even know how to list the ways. It's so wonderful to witness someone experiencing this moment for the first time or maybe even, you know, the second or third time in their life where the possibility floats through their mind that I might be able to experience this moment again in my life mm-hmm. with someone else in my life. And so all of these opportunities and possibilities open up right there in a split second where they think, 
I could have a boss that appreciates me or I could have a, a partner that truly sees and loves me. I could have, you know, a healing moment of not letting my, my childhood run the way I conduct myself as an adult. There's just this split second, like I said, where everything becomes possible mm-hmm. because shame isn't there. Mm-hmm. Now, you've said that beautifully. Thank you. Then the guards moved on and said, once you've told her all of that, we want you to point out that she did have an opportunity to have all of that with a therapist. Mm. And that she left that family and went out to therapy. Tell her we know. Tell her we saw. Tell her we know the day. Tell her we know the moment where she feels her first breath of freedom outside of everything she has experienced. And I said to the guides, well, holy, wait a minute. Do you mean that she leaves her husband's family, but she stays in her own family? So how does she kind of really get all of that with the therapist then? I don't get it. And the guide said, no, no. She walked away from both families at the same- Whoa, congratulations. Yeah, at the very same time, as well as some friends, as well as careers. Like She walked away from a ton of stuff and walked to therapy and walked to healthy people. But in, and I want to say something here. There's quite a long period of time where she does a lot of this. And I don't just mean alone because there are humans on this planet and there are humans around her, but she does feel like she's alone at times that she's doing all this work by herself. And Mm -hmm. this is important. The guides want it pointed out that she thought that. This is a belief. Mm -hmm. But what they're doing by saying, we saw this, we know you did this, we know other people were by you, we're going to gently remind you that you were not alone. Not only in terms of that you did have some humans, but that you had us. And that means you're never alone. So she confirmed that. She said she did leave both families. She said she did leave a job. She said she did make all of those changes at the very same time and that she did walk away. And she said, I want to validate something. I did go through a period of time of self-pity, of thinking, oh, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. She goes, I did, until one of my friends pointed out that I was in a pity party. Good. And that that pity party was not allowing me to actually receive the compassion and the empathy that would be part of my healing from the shame and the abuse. Mm-hmm. So she says, I had one friend just sort of slap me up the side of the head one day and say, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's enough. You've walked away to get healthy. And now you're in a space with people who are trying to be healthy with you and give you what you need. And you're not allowing it to happen. Yeah. And so, so many people do this, right? Because they do the walking away, they do the, the hard thing, and then they hang on to their story of what was instead of what they're building. And I, I think it's really cool. And I'm wording it this way on purpose because she burned it to the ground. You're talking about walking away from two families, a job, shitty friends, all of that. That is burning it to the ground in an alchemical sense to build it back up. But if all you do is tell the story of what burned down, who in your life and, and also yourself, how do you ever know that you're moving forward? She had a good friend. Yeah. She had a good person. Um, and I, and I want to point that out as well, that the spirit guides did saying, 
that if it weren't for that person, she might have stayed in that self-pity and never come out of it and not been able to do all of the growth that she was capable of doing. Right, because the self-pity will keep you in self-sabotage. Yes, even after, as you said, she did all the hard work, mm-hmm. but now there's a different kind of work to be done. Yeah. And the good part of that is is that she accepted that. She cool. she dove into that and said, okay, cool. You're telling me I did step one. She thought it was the the end when she left. She thought, I'm done working. It's now all going to get easy. I left it all. And her friend went, well, no, you now have to build everything up. You have to make new choices, new decisions. It's work, but it's going to all be healthy work now. Mm-hmm. But it's still work. And and I I love that the guides bring all of that up to validate the relationship she has with that friend. Mm-hmm. And that she's able to sit there and go, oh my word, the spirit guide heard They heard that conversation. They saw my choices. They saw my decisions. They saw the work I chose to do and the changes I just I I embraced. And then the 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 practice where where you get up and you try and you you try and do one of those things. You apply for a job, you go for the interview, Mm -hmm. you don't make it, but then you try another application. You you go through the thing the whole process all over again. But you don't go into the self-pity party anymore. You just know, ah, I'm putting out 10 resumes, I'm going for 10 interviews, and something will happen. Mm-hmm. So she starts to change her mindset over and over again. And this is where the guides come in and go, okay. So what we got to see here and what we want to point out for her is that she became very adept at constantly changing a mindset. Mm-hmm. And that she she embraced it and then started to realize at times how fun it was, but also at times that it could be playful. It didn't always have to mean that it was grunge work. And then she started seeing how it was paying off in her relationships and in her career, in her finances, in the home she built, in every aspect of her life. Cool. And at the end of the session, so the guides are giving her all this, all these validations and she's coming back and she's saying, um, this is correct, and she's moving through the session validating things. Sometimes she'd even share a little bit of it with me to give a little bit of the story that we were just enjoying together. Mm-hmm. And the guides would come right back in and give her another little piece of information, and then she'd move on and talk about that as well. The end of the session, she says to me, this is what I wanted out of discovery. I didn't know that they were going to pick my shame, Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were going to pick that as the topic. I knew that if I came in and said, discovery, you might do past lives, you might do patterns, you might do a variety of things, you might even do medium, whatever. I didn't know. But she said, I I love that you're showing how loved I am and how seen and how heard I am. And she says, it allows me to feel today that none of that was a waste of time. None of that was a waste of any of my effort or my girlfriend's effort in taking me aside and saying, enough of the pity party. Mm-hmm. She says, it it allows me to sit here today and be reminded of that. She says, I got to call that girlfriend hmm. and I got to thank her. So there are all these different little things that she pulls out of that, 
having this discovery session that allows her to feel better about who she is and all of the work she has done. And it gives her the energy to say, yeah, and I'm going to continue on that path. And the guide said to her at one point, Kelly, I think she asked the question at one point, am I, am I on the right path? That's what it was. And the guide said, mm, we're going to come back and answer the question that she took a healthy path. We're not going to say right path, wrong path. We're going to say she got on a healthy path when she was on an unhealthy path. Mm-hmm. And I also really liked how the guides corrected the question. And that is something I totally love about the guides. When they see the way a question can be asked and they see a way that can be it can be answered in a more informative way where they're taking a teachable moment and um, making sure they seize it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. That was the end of her session. Lovely. Well done. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful to be a part of the debriefing of that discovery session mm-hmm. as a co-host and I'm sure as listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope the listeners get the message from a discovery session. And now we'll have to pay attention, Kelly, because we might start getting calls saying, can I have a discovery session? You got it. Um, that, yeah, the, yeah, the answer is hell yeah. Because those discovery sessions are not controlled by what you and I want for a client, not by what we think about what the person is wearing or what kind of glasses they have or what their background is. I can't stress enough for people how much we do not care about you. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. We are so emotionally detached from who you are as a person in order to do our jobs. Because when we have no desire for you, when we have no preconceived notion of what you should get or what should be said, that is what makes a clear channel happen. So when someone walks in and says, I'm open to anything, guide-directed, discovery session, however you want to word it, there's room for all of it with none of Karen or Kelly getting in the way of that. Mm-hmm. At the end or through part, you know, parts of it, we can hear a message and go, oh, I'm really happy for you. Good for you. Right? Like we can be enthusiastic, but there is no personal agenda when we are channeling for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to stay out of the way. The guides have to talk to the person. Mm-hmm. And our, jo- our job is just to say exactly what they're trying to say. And we, I think you and I very much with empathy, we want to also convey the emotions that the spirit world has for their human being. Yeah. Yeah. The only, I think, it, you know, because we do say this in another way, the only thing we as humans want for you is for you to get exactly what the spirit guides feel you need. Well said. Awesome. This was a good Saturday. It sure is. Okay. Off to the toilet. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.